Welcome to Dark Days Radio, and we are back with another exciting episode. Uh, this one's a bit shorter than normal because this is an interview episode, but also a promotional episode because we have an exciting event coming up, which is Virtual Horicon 2021. I am one of the regular hosts of Dark Days Radio. I'm Chris. I am joined by Crystal. Hello. Hello. And we are joined by David. Hello. And from uh, and, and representing uh, Virtual Horicon for us is Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, how's everyone doing? Well, do oh, I'm doing great. Uh, is everyone else doing rather well? Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. doing fine. That's introductions done, so we're going to just quickly hop over in. Well, I don't think there's much news to talk about. Um, I'm trying to think what releases have come out since Christmas. We've had um, the V5 um, Players Companion come out, uh, and I'm sure there's other releases. There's been a lot of releases that we're interested in from Cubicle 7 for uh, both Warhammer Fantasy. Wrath and Glory and Soulbound. Uh, people in the US, I think, are now finally getting their hard copies of Wrath and Glory, so that's really good. Uh, there's a whole list of releases also coming up from that. Um, there are Deviant is now out mm-hmm. to backers, which is fantastic because yep. I had to use it for reference for some work. I'm not going to say what that work is because uh, the draft has <laughs> no, only just got in. It looks really <laughs> um, amazing. Um, I'm not uh, planning anything with it at the moment, as I've just talked yeah. about, I think, elsewhere. Um, what other interesting releases have come out? I'm trying to think. My brain's gone blank on on fun releases or Kickstarters. So Scion, Scion yes. Dragon and Scion Masks of the Mythos is on Kickstarter currently. And uh, Scion, uh, Mask of the Mythos is Cthulhu, the Cthulhu Mythos in the Scion world. Ooh. Ooh, and that's cool. What happens when you have a fallen pantheon? So I'm very yeah. excited about that. That's quite uh, a unique direction for Scion there. Um, ooh, what other interesting... I mean, it's an interesting Kickstarter right now, but I, I have personal investment in the previous system. So currently, uh, Iron Kingdom's uh, RPG uh, Requiem mm. is on is is out. I mean, I'm only going to say it's out because I'm a massive <laughs> fan of the setting. Um, it's a new edition of Iron Kingdom's RPG, but it's using D and D fifth edition. I'm yeah. conflicted on that uh, because I have the previous edition and uh, I really like about it. the fifth edition. Not yeah, going to rage. Sure. Everyone knows no. my feelings. Well. No. But the point is, if you like Iron Kingdoms, you haven't you you haven't got the old stuff. You're not able to get hold of the old stuff, you, and you like D and D. Check it out anyway, because I think, as far as a D and D setting is concerned, other than say Scarlands, um, I would say Iron Kingdoms is full of good flavor. Um, the books that are there are going to be like the new, essentially core book with the the classes in it. Um, You've got There's... the Monster Nomicron is coming out as well. Yeah, um, so that's your big monster book. They were famous for that back with the first edition they did back in D20. And they're doing the Witchfire Legacy, which I think is a re-examination of the Witchfire Trilogy, all updated to 5th edition, which, of course, is a fantastic campaign, which I modified for the 2nd edition. But, yeah, it's worth yeah, looking I, at. 
I would love to look like I've I've got um, uh, the second edition with the untamed expansion and stuff. And honestly, to me, it's like one of the best fantasy steampunk settings out there. And oh, I'm not particularly happy about it going to fifth edition because I think, well, funnily I'm enough, I'm thinking about running it but again because I've got all the books. Play it or run it. And in fact, if people are interested in what Iron Kingdom is, you can go back to our very, very old episodes from years ago where we interview Simon Berman uh, about mm -hmm. uh, Iron Kingdoms, and we also have a recorded one shot of uh, Iron Kingdoms RPG where. I think Mike, Mike and Chick basically play Trollkin, who are cowboys and and stuff. Um, <laughs> it's weird. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, it'll be great. Simon Berman uh, is also really cool to talk about because uh, also if you want to find another episode with him, uh, we've got his interview where he talks about Unhallowed Metropolis, which is close to my heart and close to Crystal's heart because we yes. really fucking love that game. And I think it'd be good to do a one-shot of that at some point. We definitely need to do a one-shot of that. I would... Yeah. I would love that so much. <laughs> I, I, I feel it's one of those lost gems of a game. Um, anyway, yeah. that's enough interesting news. I think anything else um, is uh, superfluous to what we're really talking about, which is Virtual Horicon 2021. Ooh. So let's much head into the main, main segment now. Right, so if you're not aware, Virtual Horicon uh, emerged on the scene uh, last year in response to the worldwide pandemic uh, of COVID-19, because obviously left, right and centre uh, in-person conventions were not going to run. Uh, there were restrictions on how we move around in society. There are still restrictions on how we move around society, even though vaccines are coming out. Because um, they were allowed to move? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's tough times and being able to game even virtually is a great way of reaching out to friends and fellow hobbyists. So, yeah, Virtual Horicon just came out and then I think, let's be honest, I think it set a high standard straight away because essentially, uh, you know, it, the guys at Gehenna Gaming, uh, at, you know, created a, a, a method, uh, a style, which ported to Onyx PathCon. Uh, so they ran that using what they'd learned from Virtual Horicon. And then also uh, SafeCon, so the Badana Group's uh, Save Against FearCon, which again is an excellent charity to, to contribute to. And um, again, that went really well. And of course, for all three of those events, Darker Days Radio pr um, provided games to be run whether they were uh streamed games or they were participant games or um or uh or panels or we were on panels for those so nick you're here to you know, uh hold the banner for virtual horicon 2021 um what more do you want to say about virtual horicon which i didn't touch on or what do you think were the highlights of last year and what's your involvement in general so uh, just touching based on last year, um, when you said like it really set the precedent, I, I was trying to go back because I was having this discussion with uh, 
with Ian earlier. I believe we were the first like convention to go virtual. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so definitely. So to, to hold that little bit of a banner to be like the first uh, post-pandemic online convention, it really meant a lot to us. Um, but yeah, going on to this year, we definitely have uh, upgraded in terms of that the team we have, the amount of uh, stuff that we've set up, the structure in general. We actually have sponsors this time around. We're sponsored by Drive Through RPG and Astral. Uh, which has allowed us to reach out to more people. Um, it's nice that the event is funded and that we're able to kind of have this more bigger audience and engagement. Um, so, you know, it's, it's still similar to what last year is. We're going to have panels, which is awesome because they're free. They're on Twitch. Uh, we're going to have actual plays that people can watch. <clears throat> and then we also have the convention games, which were the same as last year where you buy a ticket and you kind of sit in. Um, and that, that number is only, only exploded because we have tons of GMs that we've uh, sort of employed for that event there. Uh, this year we're also, also uh, offering workshops, which I think is super exciting. You get to sit down with like, these industry professionals and you kind of have these more, you know, more private, more, you know, uh, less numbered audience. And you kind of get to have this nice little talk back with these professionals and you, you know, you get to learn uh, something that you might not have gotten to learn at like a normal convention, which honestly, that's that's one of my favorite parts because I feel if you're a GM or you're not necessarily someone that just wants to go and play or even like watch the panels, you could still get something out of this convention that you normally wouldn't be able to get out of it. And it's it's to a great cause where uh, all portion of the pro, a portion of all the proceeds are going to go to Black Girls Code and the Blind Cat Rescue and Sanctuary. So it's a, it's a great cause, uh, two separate charities, amazing people. Uh, we're going to be hitting all across three separate Twitch channels, uh, Gehenna Gaming, Caring Comfort Studios, and Darker Days Radio. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't use our Twitch channel uh, anywhere near enough. I think that's simply because we're, um, we're busy people and podcasting is, relatively speaking, podcasting easy to get material out uh, on a timely thing. And I think Twitch Twitch streaming, obviously, in the last year has become as as uh, has been a boom, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, to get your Twitch channel out there and known, you have to produce uh, content on a regular basis, which, of course, you know, um, definitely Gehenna Gaming does for certain, uh, and 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 Karen Comfort Studios does as well. Whereas, you know, ours is just there because in case we do something, kind of. So it seems a waste <laughs> that it's there. It may as well contribute. Like we do something. We do sometimes. I might do. I might. I might actually do some do some trash gaming with like uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or something else. At some point. <laughs> um, I, actually, I actually think Chris and I started talking over his Twitch streaming while he was painting. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we, talking. we should do some more mini stuff. Really. <laughs> Yeah, we should. Getting set up to do minis, mini painting with streaming's hard. And I, I'm going to be honest. Like I've lost my mojo for painting minis. I, yeah, exactly. And I've lost my mojo for painting minis right now because obviously, miniature games, uh, I think, suffer <laughs> suffering a lot right now. So it's like, yeah, this I'm doing is more I'm writing. Full, full on like display mini stuff rather than actually paint like painting shit for for gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just, like, doing display stuff at the moment. No, I was gonna say. Funny enough, is there there's gonna be a, a mini painting uh, workshop as well, which oh, right. which is oh, gonna be great. Cool. And then 
I know you, Chris, you and a few other people, you're going to be on the, the Warhammer uh, 40K yes, workshop we writer a, panel. We're definitely going to have a Warhammer 40K um, panel um, in the works. There's a few other things uh, to announce as well. Like uh, I've got a game, a stream game ready. Um, I'm just locking in the details on, on people before I say anything more. But uh, there will be a stream <laughs> game of Wrath and Glory. Um, uh, there will be a stream panel about 40k, kind of like its history and how that fits in with horror gaming because it's a very old setting at this point. Um, but I mean, then I mean, what I, I think the panels is not only the panels, but I think workshops is is going to be awesome because I think for where I've got to in my career, and I, I guess Crystal, you're kind of the same with how you've progressed into where you are with your career. There's a point where going to conventions becomes less about um what's new out and it becomes more mm -hmm. about the networking and knowing mm -hmm. how to get into the industry yep and 100 yep and it, it can be quite sometimes it can be quite intimidating knowing how to make that jump and and so having having panels to give those hints or, or also um sorry workshops to give those hints and also workshops that explain the work process i'm sure I'm sure I, I, I bet I, I'm not saying that's locked in yet, but I mean, I've attended and watched like uh, Eddie Webb's workshops on um, production of games and the, the workflows for that. And it's funny. It's kind of like my life now as well, because my day job involves software engineering, which means refining the backlog, reviewing what's been done, managing what everyone's doing. It's like, hmm, this is a transferable skills I'm learning <laughs> for game design now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the point. Like you you have to be a master to get in the industry. You have to be uh, a master of quite a few, a few things these days. Um, yeah. So what other type of workshops have we got coming up then? Because I think workshops is, given it's the new thing, I think it's for, the, for this year, um are there any other particular ones you're excited about D depending when this uh episode airs uh we'll very soon <laughs> very soon i i will say that there i'm gonna i'm not gonna give specifics i'm going to yeah. say that every workshop is run by uh some awesome professionals um but we definitely have areas on how to gm how to get into the industry how to you know format and lay out a book oh yeah um, so it, it's definitely something from the lone gm that's you know thinking about how how he can get his foot in the door with some of these companies and like actually get some material published all the way to the small publisher there's that are like all right how do i actually go about publishing my book or how I, do i do all this you know this design work that you really don't think about when you start out to write out a book and like you said before i think the networking aspect of it is really what makes this convention shine because i know personally uh, VHC last year was my first time with Ghana Gaming. It was like the first operation I did with them. And my my connections exploded from there. And I feel like a lot of other people's, it was the it was the same. So definitely in this industry, uh, it's really good to get some either, you know, some one-on-one -on -one time, um, just some recognition with the people in the industry. And you can, that goes a very far way. I'm going to completely agree with that. It's like, I think my first convention with Darker Days Radio was probably Dragon Con a couple of Dragon months. Meat. Dragon yeah. Meat, yeah, um, in 2019. So maybe a month, month and a half before VHC. And then I get mm -hmm. a, And then I'm playing games with you, Nick, uh, with Chris. <laughs> I'm playing game uh, Vampire the Masquerade with 
the Primogen and I did his um was it his werewolf game with Mike as well. Um and this year, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm running a couple of games as well. Um so I've got plans in that. And it is it's just one of those things that you just have to kind of once you get that foot in the door, things suddenly start kind of and you you're willing to kind of push those connections and actually work with those connections, you start to kind of see so many things open and it's nice to see now that all these i'm seeing the planning behind this and i'm seeing all these really cool um panels coming out i'm just like i know you and i think i know i want to listen to you speak and i want to see how you you portray your ideas and how you got into it and it's it's kind of Mm -hmm. i think yeah vhc was also like it was the first con as you say and it was and i still think for me last year vhc was the the best virtual con that i took part in and i was part we took part in a lot <laughs> we, we, yeah, we took part in a lot of cons last thank year. you for that <laughs> I, took part in a lot. I think vhc was the best i'm not gonna lie i i do i'm gonna say vhc was really the best and most well took part in a lot because there were some smaller ones and obviously when you're a smaller yeah. operation even when you're a smaller physical convention and with what's happened moving to virtual is is a lot of lot of work um and i think a lot of the tools now to do it have um improved or become more commonplace i mean uh i mean zoom zoom as a platform has is more stable now i guess than ever uh it was before has a uh, has a few more features uh to do with streaming on the technical side you know like encoding and all that stuff um but similarly um you know people are doing gaming either via discord or they do it via via like google meet i think you know is an, is an option i don't know how how good that is for streaming i know some people use it to capture for streaming um <laughs> I've I've not delved into the option of can you use Microsoft Teams because we use that at work and I've run um we've run some online uh coding training using Microsoft Teams and that's I've worked tried. Really well. I've tried and I'm not I'm not gonna make any you comment succeeded. about that. I've you tried succeeded on the training. <laughs> but something that just struck me with um with the with the workshops. So Nick, all these workshops are gonna be run as Zoom calls, aren't they? Yes, the idea. I I have to check the logistics of it because the idea that it was either going to be a Zoom call or like a private YouTube link that would be like streamed live. And because um, one of the new features, the features that have like become now commonplace and all these things, is the idea of breakout rooms. And I could see mm-hmm. how that could be quite useful in in those those workshops to then further break down into maybe smaller discussion groups uh, about certain aspects. So. It's interesting how the how the um, technology is moving and how that will also impact uh, online conventions. Um, and then, other than so, obviously we've got the Twitch streams where people can come watch games, watch panels, ask questions. Um, will anything be going out on the YouTube channels? So we were going to originally uh, stream the actual plays uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, the only issue is that we ran into it last year at VHC, where because of the games that we were playing or some of the media we were using, uh, they had a tendency to get copyright striked a lot, and uh, that was yeah, that yeah. was a big issue leaving VHC 2020. And uh, I'm super thankful that uh, you all have kind of come on, you know, to bring even with that last, you know, a third Twitch channel because that's really gonna allow us to 
have it on there and and actually like when we, we can actually export everything out and there's not yeah. going to be like an issue where suddenly half an actual play is gone because youtube decided it was infringing on some sort of copyright yeah exactly um so that's that's really interesting um then on that side of things with technology and and streaming um i was going to say something else that was interesting um, and though of course, like Discord. Um, so, how are the how's the Discord channels and for for participants and and uh, attendees going to operate so that you know they can talk about their hobby? Uh, how's that operating this year? So, I believe we're going to be opening up uh, more rooms in Gehenna Gaming, uh, specifically for the convention, which is going to be awesome. I know that the 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 vendors and all the people that are actually like exhibiting uh, within VHC 2021 are going to have a spot that they can all discuss and talk, and kind of like like these breakout rooms, um, like yeah. you were saying before. So, there's there definitely is going to be a a huge aspect on the community of it, which. Uh, frankly, that's that's some of my favorite part is just seeing everyone come together, because if you don't have the community, you know the convention's not really going to work. So you really need to uh, facilitate that. Sorry, I was going to say one of the things that I've seen over some of the conventions that we've seen and some of the outside of the gaming community, like the science conferences that I've been to, is the ability to have the breakout rooms and then also on things like Discord, where you can have those different channels and you can have people just drop in and. It's kind of that, oh, I want to go meet this person kind of chat. And you've got the the sign, the the, the go sign <laughs> things and stuff like that. So it mm. gives you that kind of more personal experience rather than just sat listening to someone on a on a panel. You then get to go meet that person in a more social aspect, which is one of the things that I think a lot of a lot of the online stuff has failed at. They've they've not had this yes. ability to have that social interaction with the people and i mm-hmm. think bringing in these breakout rooms the the separate voice channels and stuff on discord that is a real key thing to kind of maybe bringing it more into a, a, a real feel of a convention i think the, the main thing from what i've learned about them is that if you don't have at least even a, even dedicated um x channels for each um for each uh Hall vendor, you know, questions can get lost in the Discord channel, and that makes it quite yeah. difficult. So I think, I think Nick, the plan for for VHC is to kind of have that kind of granularity to mm-hmm. make it easier for the vendors to talk to the attendees and vice versa. Yeah, not only are we going to be able to talk to the attendees, but actually, uh, something that we didn't do last year that we are doing this year is we're having kind of vendor spotlights, like these short thirty-minute like showcases, um, where the vendors can. I believe they're going to be pre-recorded. They some of them might not be, but they can come in. They can show off the product. They can answer questions while in the Twitch chat, and then they're going to be able to fall back on the Discord channel, um, which really kind of I feel like it simulates a part of the convention that, that I know I miss going to, which is just walking like the artist alley and like the vendor halls. And like, and like David said, just uh, talking with people. I mean, I can, I can even remember back in PAX Unplugged uh, waiting to back in 2019, waiting to sign up for games and uh, chatting up Mike about Geist. Cause it just said entered the two week Kickstarter then. So Nick, I have a question for you. Um, with all of your, with all of the people, the professionals and stuff like that, that are going to be there. One of the things that I, I truly miss about being a professional at a con is networking and meeting people. 
is um, Virtual HorrorCon going to offer that for the professionals that may be there or people that may be interested in talking with the professionals? So, so oh, the I nice thing. <laughs> well, the nice <laughs> thing we have the the Gahan uh, Gaming Operations Channel, which is kind of already developed into that ecosystem where people can talk around and whatnot. Um, and the thing that we kind of taken to relieve the stress off the schedule, but also facilitate that like more professionals can talk to each other, is that we have actual breaks in between the panels now. So even if you're on a bunch of panels for the day, yeah, you know, you still have an hour, like 30 minutes to an hour just to kind of, you know, sit in the Zoom call after the panel is done and like talk because I know last year that was a was a big thing, especially for me, you know, because I, you know, I was producing most of that. You, you would want to talk to these people even for like five minutes and then you're kind of forced to be like, oh, well, I got to disconnect and disconnect everyone and go off to a new panel. And that's that's uh, that's definitely that's definitely not fun to have to rush, especially when you meet people that could be, mm. you know, whether they're contacts in the future or could be, you know, your future friends, which is also great. The thing I was going to say with um, about the other great thing about uh, online conventions, I think, and uh, why I think they're going to be here to stay, in or at least elements are here to stay, mm-hmm. is don't you just feel your fear of missing out has disappeared? Like speaking as speaking of someone stuck in old blighty. When all the big releases for RPGs <laughs> happen at fucking Gen Con, right? Um, so yeah, we don't feel like I'm missing all out. The cool stuff, and then we're not actually allowed to do the stuff that we're we're we're, we're going to do anyway. So uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, kind of, yeah, yeah. This this year, I got to to be part of conventions that were over by you guys, where I wouldn't have been able to afford to go there if it was in person. I want to be part of PAX now. So, yeah, so are you thinking? Oh no! So, so are you thinking that even when the pandemic ends, whether it be by the end of this year or next, do you think there's still going to be that online aspect to these conventions on board? I think so. I think. I hope so. I think it I would be so. a loss to remove it because uh, I think it develops outreach. That and also in some respects enables conventions to be um, documented in a way, if you have panels recorded and out there as standard through these Twitch channels and so forth. Um, In some respects, it it reflects what's going on with um, teaching in higher education, because I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of at universities that, at least within the UK, um, there's there's always been a big move, uh, a a lot of chat about um, massively online teaching Mm-hmm. Um, and students have always gone, oh, we want the online materials because, you know, they don't go to lectures because they're lazy assholes. Um, and I can say that these days now because I'm far enough away from my undergraduate days. But the point is, is that they wanted the online material and now I they're complaining that all the material is online and they can't get in-person teaching. But the point is, is that um, I think a lot of the universities and academics are saying is that blended teaching. So where you've got both online and offline so that it frees up more space in some respects is here to stay and will be an aspect going forward so i think we're going to see a lot more of this with regards to teaching and conventions i'm going to fully respect that on both points because i've done a lot of online teaching through i'm not yet part of a university teaching scheme i will be there within the next couple of years i'm about i'll get my doctorate next year but on the convention side, it's like last year, um, 
if VHC hadn't happened, me and Chris wouldn't have been part of the American convention scene. And then later in the year, we had a couple of conventions in the UK that Crystal, I know you were part of, and I think Mike was part of some of them as well. So it allowed us to kind of, again, as you were saying, Chris, broaden those horizons and have people from different countries who would never have been able to get to these conventions. I think, I think part of these conventions and provide a voice beyond where they'd usually provide a voice. So I would, I would love to go to PAX and, and things like this and Gen Con and stuff. I don't have the money for that. I can't afford to go to America to, for a convention for, for a week. So having that ability for me to kind of pop in and run games through the online side of it and then make those connections on that side, I think as, a, as someone who's looking at, who's now getting into the, the, the writing and development side of it is really, really helpful. Um, interesting so like, thing actually yeah, to build on that into it, so. to build on that is is for, was it for PAX for the one we the, the video we did for PAX we also had Pete on that one didn't we and Pete's in Australia <laughs> yeah so I was hoping like Pete did mention that he was going to try and join this this today and he's he's not joined in um, but um, yeah so what else is I, I would what love else to see Pete highlight more. With virtual online conventions, um, or or with VHC, in particular. No right. Hmm. I, I really want to. I really want to spoil some stuff about the schedule. <laughs> You're right. I I just I just <laughs> don't know. what the schedule is. You know, actually, here there is something that's that's confirmed. That's been confirmed. Um, it just hasn't been like overtly produced. One of the one of the actual plays that's going to be on there. So uh, the the reason why tonight. No, Mike isn't with us is because he's playing in part three of the Contagion Chronicles that we've been doing over Gehenna. And mm-hmm. the finale, the kind of culmination mm-hmm. of all that will be the first highlight game, spotlight game that kicks off VHC on that Friday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. So that I'm cool. super excited for. Sweet. That's nice. pretty neat. Um, another thing I'm actually quite happy that I bagged for us for VHC is if you listen to Dark Days Radio and you actually pay attention to our show notes, you'll notice that uh, we are very lucky. Um, we're always very grateful for the fact that we, our bumpers, our intro outro music, is kindly uh, allowed by uh, Occam's Laser, who is a, a UK-based uh music artist who does a lot of synthwave uh based music uh fantastic stuff and um i got sent obviously through ask for the press pack so i was like yeah of course dark days radio will promote this and made me think hold on a minute do you want to reach a wider audience so we will actually have some you know music we have access to music to use as little bumpers for vhc thanks to occam's laser which is pretty bloody rad because mm-hmm. again some of his, some of his previous albums which right now you can buy on bandcamp and i believe there's a significant potentially a significant discount going on because the new album is out um is um a very you know kind of 80s kind of horror that kind of john carpenter kind of feel to it so um it's stranger things it's, it's stranger things music it's the well, theme. That's why I say John Carpenter. It's the classic Halloween type stuff and, mm. um, and assault on they are precinct. They're also on Spotify if you would like a heads up on what type of music they do.
indeed, indeed. Um, so that's cool. Um, is there anything else that we can say at this point about uh, who have we got up as vendors right now already that are sponsoring um, Virtual HorrorCon? So obviously we've got Onyx Path uh, is on there. We've got, uh, is that Drive Through RPG? I was trying to read the, the, the heroes. Onyx Path, we've got, is it uh, Astral's the... one. What is it? It's I can't read the first word because the font. Damn it! For enter something enterprise is it? Valor? Oh um oh my, I I'm going to butcher this word. Um, uh, Vara uh, Enterprises. Uh, I believe okay, cool. they. I was trying to, honestly, unfortunately, I don't know too much about them. Um, I know that uh, that if uh, Mark or Ian was here, they probably could offer a, a bigger explanation. Um, but they've released a handful of products, so and they actually have a uh, spotlight panel where they're going to be going over their new products and stuff coming out soon. So I'm definitely going to tune into that uh, just okay, to kind of cool. get a feel for them. Well, they've got quite a few like kind of horror RPG settings. Oh, I've yeah. not heard of them before, so that's new to me. Uh, then we've got under champions. We've got uh, we've got. Um, uh, Hel Hel we've got Black Void, we've got uh, Hellgas, who are obviously behind uh, Cult Divinity Lost, which is a fantastic game which I need to run more of. Um, and then we've got a whole list of other artists and makers, and there's a big, if you go on the website, if you go on Virtual Horicon right now, there's like a, um, a ribbon that you can go across, you can find uh, other, be other the other like whether podcasts or streamers and so forth who are participating uh, with virtual horicon so i'm sure that list of um vendors is going to grow as more things come in and are are uh, confirmed we've also got savage sparrow studios which uh again i've not heard of before and uh you know I'm, I'm sorry for my ignorance but i'm glad i'm learning about them by going on the website we can find out a bit more about them if i click the faq who are they they are an independent clothing line inspired by anime geek and gaming culture that's awesome um i was actually just talking to um uh, um uh, Selena, who designed the Darker Days radio logo, to go, hey, you know where that logo is right now? It's on like one of the biggest <laughs> online conventions about to occur. Um, uh, so that's cool. Right. Is that all we... Oh, and when is Virtual Horicon? Of course. So Virtual Horicon is going to be from February 19th uh, through straight through that weekend to the 21st. I'm um, going to be on Eastern time for all the dates that we're suggesting. Uh, I believe it starts 6 p.m. Uh, that Friday Eastern. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, just to go over a few things I didn't get to touch on that I'm realizing, um, if you're a big fan of just a variety of games and horror games, uh, definitely check out the actual play channels, mainly because there's going to be a lot of like exhibitions of games that I feel like a lot of people, it's either fallen off their radar or maybe they just haven't had a chance to play. A lot of Onyx Path's new stuff, like they came to for Beyond the Grave. Uh, we have West Horse Opera, which I believe is a new product that just released in the past couple months. Um, we're also going to get a preview of uh, Zweihander, Flames of Freedom, which to me, that's actually my most anticipated game of uh, 2021 uh, for in, in the tabletop scene. I love anything that's like revolutionary. Uh, we also have you know, Cult. Um, we have the creator of Morkborg as well is going to be running an actual oh, play. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. That was actually going to be one of my questions. Like, kind of, what what games can we expect through Virtual Horicon? Obviously, we we know that the main games like uh, the World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, Cult, and and stuff like that. 
are there any as you said you've got some of the the small smaller ones in there what 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 other games can we expect so you can expect everything from like i said you're the big ones like we we have a, a couple of e5 games uh we also have i believe one uh D 5e game as well but even to some of the more obscure ones like we have monster hearts we have bluebeard's bride i think uh, magpie is actually gonna be running that as well black void which i i guess I, would cons- I don't know where you would consider on the popularity. I know that was kind of new for a lot of people. Uh, something that we didn't have last year was a lot of other language type games. So we're actually having a V5 game uh, in in Italian as well as uh, a Portuguese V5 oh, game. Wow. And a lot of, yeah, a lot for our, our European audience because we want to show them some love as well. One of, one of my favorite ones actually is that uh, Mark is going to be running Colt, a solo game. Uh, based mm-hmm. heavily off Silent Hill. So wow. if you haven't gotten a chance to check out Helmgast Cult, uh, I highly suggest it. And then uh, probably my favorite that I think is like the hidden one. I don't want to say my own game because I feel like that's that's very vain. I don't want to uh, give it away just yet. I know I know Chris has seen it. The, the hilarity mm. that'll be. But uh, we have Ben Walker's going to be running uh, Orpheus. Like old school, like World of Darkness, <laughs> Orpheus, which oh I, my gosh, <laughs> which I haven't I seen. You just excited Crystal there. <laughs> so fun, fun side tangent on Orpheus because I when uh, back when I was uh, doing my PhD and um, and getting intoxicated while playing um, our regular games of Vampire. Uh, um, the the um the stones have no votes because the avalanche has always st- already started. Um, yes. Uh, that's like anyway. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be running some um obscure Vesson stuff at some point. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Sweden. It's not going to be based in Sweden. So that's fun. So uh, I, Crystal, are you are you lining up any games to run, or are you busy doing other things for virtual? Me. <laughs> or Crystal. Um. Crystal. Uh, I have not confirmed anything just yet. I'm still talking Ooh. about things. I don't want to make anything from it. Yes. Awesome. I, I've not confirmed anything, but I really want to. I, I, I've said I'm going to run a Vesson game, and I really want to run it because, ooh, ooh, and my new my new podcast self promotion. Yay! Oh, Any anything freely uh, touches is uh, it's so it's gold. Yeah, I, I, I do have to ask. Being a ahead. fan of the show, uh, as well mm-hmm. as you know, Ghana Gaming, uh, is there going to be any Palladium? <laughs> I know this is just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> palladium rant. You need to talk to Mike or or Chig about that one. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a that's a hard question um, that I am not in the position to answer. Um, I don't. Even, I've never even looked at Palladium book. It just sounds like probably, probably for the for the best. Um, <laughs> you know, the one thing I'd really, I mean, it would have to be something for next year, and I would need to put the effort to actually like read the read the rules and and get into. And it's because I think the bringer of true second edition to is Slay Industries, because it's, it's Gonzo kind of insane gothic punk like post-apocalyptic nonsense. Slay Industries would be uh, a fun one to see. I still want Unhallowed Metropolis. 
on Hello Metropolis, I, I I would love to run again. I need to just think hard on the scenario. Do um, it. Do really, it. it's such a good such good books. Actually, it's yes. um, that's another completely different conversation. Um, right. So I think we've talked enough about virtual horrorcon. We're gonna. I think we can slide into stuff that is you know tangentially related about uh, stuff, just so we can like some other content for this episode just mm -hmm. briefly uh so first of all um v5 players companion uh how does everyone feel about it like what's the highlights on on this i'm gonna back out i've not read it oh <laughs> the coterie merits love them yeah um i was reading um a review of it recently of the v5 players companion and i think you know i hadn't thought too hard about it but of, of myself personally but i think they nailed it right which is the updates of of the clans in there in particular the ravnos is superb because it, re it retains the core inherent traits about them as being this itinerant clan um which and by being itinerant it tends to be you know get involved with particular groups of people but it's no longer the for want of a better word it's no longer the you know those the roma or you know insert word that we don't use anymore clan and i am so glad about that i i really do like the um the updates on that uh and also the other thing it confirmed was i'm glad about the idea of we don't have uh super special snowflake discipline trees anymore it's like oh guess what flesh crafting is just you know, amalgams thank god and the same with the ravnos uh and, and so forth so um i'm really happy about that um clan merits like nick what stood out the most there then what what did you really go like wow that like just encapsulate why that addition is amazing Ooh, come back to me in just a second because I'm actually trying to um, I'm trying to track it down because there's one specific mirror I do want to talk about that I think has huge implications when playing. So just give me one minute. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, Crystal, did you, was there anything that got you super excited out of the book? So I think overall, I think addressing these three specific clans, it was a good idea for them to have separate from everything else because these three clans tend to be a make or break for a lot of people when it comes to the setting and specifically um, the different sects that they're involved in. So mm -hmm. I think, I think the, the uh, addressing of these clans and moving away from a lot of the uh, toxic um, and no longer acceptable stereotypes for, for all of them, actually, um, was a pretty good way to do this was a pretty good way to address that um, and then make it optional for people if they want to run them in their games or not so I yeah. do I do like the way the logistic way that they they approached that um, and I do like the way that they outlined the clans I do want to see more eventually but that's because I out of out of all three of them two of these I absolutely love <laughs> And um, one of them I I enjoy. Um, however, I've stayed away from because of the um, uh, uh, negative 
uh, cultural aspects surrounding that specific yeah. clan. So I've kind of stayed away from that one, but I'm now, now it's a little bit more inviting for me to be able to come in and like, okay, now I want more. Please, please yeah. give me more. Like, I, I love that stuff. <laughs> so um, I am very much new to Vampire the Masquerade. Just like, I, I don't know. Well, I say, I say new. I, I've played it, I think, maybe for the last four or five years since joining Darker Days Radio and stuff. And I've heard of these other clans, um, and I've never really delved into the backstory behind it. So, my very first vampire who is a, someone who is a new so. player, how 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 can you kind of explain? Obviously, without going into vast amounts of detail and backlore, and actually doing a full full delve into a, a a thing about it, explain what these new these three new clans are to a, a new player, and kind of how how they work without being what they were. Um, obviously, I, I know a little about 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 what they were, and we'll not we'll not look into that because obviously that's a that's 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 a touchy subject. Um, so. Crystal, do you want to do you want to go with us? Because I think um, yeah, you seem to have okay, uh, so... a history with it. And what are they? Is basically kind of the question. Yeah. So, so the Salubri are like vampires who are kind of um, in, in. I'm gonna go with V5, and we're gonna forget that the other past happened. Go, because... go with V5 and forget the past. <laughs> um, so <laughs> let's be nice. Yeah. So the Salubri, Salubri are I'm vampires that. So. So okay. So Salubri are like vampires who are trying to seek some sort of redemption. Um, they, they have a sort of quality about them that is healing um, for a whole bunch of different aspects for vampires and mortals. Um, they do have a third eye. They tend to be outcast um, because of that. The uh, Ravnos are uh, like tricksters. And they like to uh, create illusions or distract, um, like for distraction and stuff like that. And then the Zemisi do like the whole shape shifting, but with their their own skin and their own bodies. Um, so it, it's very, they're still a body horror clan, um, which I appreciate. Um, they haven't taken that walks. away. Yeah, similar. I think the the interesting things are um, as well with that is I think the Ravnos uh, compared to their original their their scope of being tricksters is greatly expanded, um, yep. and I think the important thing about that is in, to put it in a, in a way in an understanding for other people is they've been decamped from the ethnic group that they were originally kind of basically the, the the group that they were assigned to in that rather um, hokey, clumsy, you know, bigoted way. Um, and the reason why I'm really happy about that work that's been done on them for that reason is it gives me a lot of confidence with the work on that's more than likely proceeding right now on designing Werewolf 5th Edition. Because again, you've got many of the same issues, if not more, uh, with many yeah. of the tribes there. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, and then with the Zamishi, I think what's happened, what they've done there 
is interesting because um, by making um, by making because I can't remember what's the old Zemshe um, core disciplines. Um, I can't remember now. What were the core disciplines? Oh, Zemshe Vicissitude, uh, dominate and aspects. Hold on. Yeah, I think it was aspects, wasn't it? Yeah. It was it was in aspects and I believe dominate. I'm yeah. not one hundred percent on that though. So again, by making vicissitude protein and dominate out amalgams, which makes sense because it's that idea that you're dominating your flesh or someone else's flesh with flesh crafting. <clears throat> it just that feels right and it and that again draws from the kind of the new way of how disciplines work. Um in some respects, and I think going with animalism, it that echoes some of the setup of actually the vent of the ventru in Vampire the Requiem because they have animalism and dominate, and they have uh, whatever the other one is. They mostly have um, I want to say they have fortitude, um, but the reason yeah. I, I say that is, yeah. is because it 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 reinforces the Zemeshe as this um, as the the classic. Dracula archetype, which could control animals and shapeshift and dominate people with their yes. mind. So yeah. it really double doubles down on that theme. And this is why I really need to talk to Justin Achille about how how he's approaching V5 is informed by how he worked on Vampire and on Vampire the Masquerade and Vampire the Requiem, because you know the DNA in v5 is from both of those and if you deny that you're a fucking fool um, <laughs> um yeah I, so, think, I think the kind yeah. of main point here for me was kind of to try and push the idea is like we had v5 had a very rocky start and the new way that it is now going with this new companion is that it is it's removing that whole rocky start and it's kind of going on with a, a better better way better way of looking at things which were not well dealt with in the first yeah right and 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 the way that they've done it is actually really really cool and they are bringing in these really cool ideas and making it more accessible and, and so nick i'm oh, sorry yeah go on nick, yes nick, what was the um what was the the the, the clan merit that you were that, uh it was uh cryptolek uh cryptolek oh, which that? is um uh, the ravno scat which I think it's awesome because you you basically get to kind of design this uh, commute like this way of like communicating with your fellow coterie members um, using oh. like forms of like whether it be like hand signs or like thieves can't uh, style language and I just with like the ability to kind of like hide your words within other words I think it's it's one of the oldest tricks in the book that we've we've seen like that even like in history that we've seen as like super successful and being able to encrypt your your message or like what you're saying as you speak it is uh it's it's fun it's a really fun uh, implication it's it's based off of an old um merit call or not merit um uh uh combo discipline called uh double speak nice. uh, which which basically does the same thing but uh yeah it's now uh uh, clan based, which is fantastic. That's, that's cool. really cool. 
<laughs> Sorry, I, I've not read because I've not read these merch fully, but I really like the the name of the Tremere one, multi level lawkeeper. That's just so good because <laughs> multi level marketing is like is, is just cult like. Um, and in fact, um, uh, that's a topic for another day is to talk about a cult that um, Sam learned of recently called is it Distendia or something. Dissidia or, or something, it's nuts, but that's another discussion, side tangent, but um, that's great. Um, Crystal, you mostly, you've read this mostly a bit more than I have. Is there another merit that you really like in there? Oh, I don't have it out in front of me. Hold it's on. Okay. <laughs> ah, Do you know you're which asking planet's hard for? questions. <laughs> Do you know which planet's for? And I've got it here. Um, no, uh, hold on. That's all right. I don't. Well, I don't really have a favorite. I know Pete has like... opinions about this book, so do we <laughs> want to wait till Pete turns up? <laughs> wow, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, Pete's got strong opinions. Do, um, there's a lot of the... coder mechanics that are really cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, on, there are going. a lot of coterie mechanics that are pretty cool. Yeah, they're they're yeah. definitely it's it's weird because you don't you have some that are very like overt and like flashy you know, like oh that that's really fun to play out and then there's just a lot of useful ones like you know the, the I think the this Michi you can you all get like two willpower back at the beginning of every night you're you know you have that clan merit which one not necessarily yeah not it's here we go old world hospitality. At the beginning of each of a session, any members of the coterie who stayed at uh, at a Zimichi's Haven when the previous session concluded restores an additional superficial willpower damage. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is like nothing, you know, uh, flashy or anything. It's not. It's nothing like uh, like double speak, but it's super useful. I'll tell you what's that really cool in here. Pushes people into a certain that allows you to play that more social mechanic as well. It's like. Mm -hmm. With those cool things, you are very much like when I play it. Like I'm very much new to the the world of darkness and the way the world of darkness plays. So when I run it, I run it with a lot of people who are au fair with the D and D aspect of running in and beating the fuck out of people. Should I say? <laughs> um, so giving them the option to actually then go out there and go, yeah, I'm going to do more social stuff because I know when I come back uh, the next day, my social stuff is not going to be bad so you can kind of you can play off that aspect um a little bit better and kind of push the i suppose the bard aspect um and it's kind of i think for me being the new uh, a new player within the darkness um trying to get people to understand how it actually really works in a real life situation turning over from their traditional dnd &D ideas and having the ability to back, kind of bringing that willpower back allows them to maybe push those things a little bit further. Because mm -hmm. um, I know I've, I've had a few games where people have run down the street and started murdering people in the middle of the night. It's like, you're doing it in front of police officers. This is going to fuck you up. Please don't. And they go, mm -hmm. give, give, I, I was... that's like a little bit of recovery might help. Mm -hmm. Other than the princess suddenly then comes down on them and just puts them into turpot and well they're asleep for five hundred years, and then you're gonna play Cyberpunk twenty one oh. <laughs> twenty five seventy seven vampire. Um, when you were talking about this before we earlier, I actually had a, a pretty good idea on how you could probably convert over V five into a cyberpunk setting. 
Oh yeah, um, I think it. I think it's prime threat, and it'd be really easy. And actually, that's yeah. what I was going to talk about is the fact that we've also got in here rules for mortals, which is, which is awesome because um, I think actually the interesting thing about having rules for mortals is a, um, mortals was always kind of a, um, a an afterthought in classic wad really until later and until recently for for 20th anniversary we have ghost hunters coming up which is awesome yes anyway um, <laughs> so the fact we've got mortals is really good because coming to that point about um about the idea of like now we've got cyberpunk red we've got cyberpunk 2077 can we relook at the cyberpunk setting and do the future world of darkness but from where we are now with vampire with a updated version of vampire and bringing those themes in you know start with the mortal template here and all it takes is to look at all those interesting disciplines and how the discipline mechanics work and, and certain merits and a lot of them can easily be cast into a into being cyberware you know different mods and so forth like astral projection aren't you just going on the net and jacking in that kind of thing um so I think it'd be it'd be quite interesting uh, to fully explore that. I think we're a bit actually a bit stuck for time for for looking at that. Um, but like, that's we, 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 my suggestion. I would love. I, to... oh, Go ahead, Crystal. Sorry, as I say, I did find my my favorite clan coterie merit now. Right. No. All right. So it's uh, contextual contact, which is the Nosferatu one. Yes. So, yes, essentially it allows you to up um, your entire Coterie's um, ability to um, leverage each other's contacts, which is really cool. I love the networking aspect of Vampire. I always have. Um, and so, like, the Nosferatu being able to up that and play around with that makes Nosferatu so much more interesting to play. Mm. Yeah, definitely. This um, is one thing I always loved with the 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 wad and the chronicle stuff is is the social interaction, and if you can push that social interaction and make it even more webby and dark and shit, then go for it. So, uh, and the other thing I was going to say is uh, we've also got like right at the end there's a roster and rules update, and uh, there's always there's actually good like designers comments on it. One of them I found really funny. Because we did that by kind of by mistake when we did the first ever V5 um, uh, actual play, because we did the first one. <laughs> the Dark Days Radio was we used uh, we used um, used uh, compulsions for messy for messy criticals when you should use them only for bestial failures. And now that's actually just taken as no, you do that now. That's a rule. You can you can use compulsions for either. So I'm happy that we we uh, spearheaded that uh, change in V5. Um, that's how I uh, always played it, and it's like now, now, and I'm happy that they've also boosted the, the um blood potency. The why that's interesting is because um, you know, it makes you wanting to do blood sir, and thus shit happens, and someone gets ripped apart. All for what is a free download, like, and only uh, they do it as POD, or you can actually buy it, you know, like as a as a, a, a physical item, um, that's not me being biased. Given that I've written now for a V five book, that's me being deadly honest. Like it's, it, it's behind it, it, and they're giving giving it us for free. I'm also going to say, 
the art's awesome in there, and oh, while yeah. it keeps to the style, the new style of V five, I think it finds it and and also aligns a bit more with the art style from Onyx Path as well. So there's kind of like a, a feeling of 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 convergence to really find that 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 voice of V five within the within the art, and um, and then there's also like I think there's also there's also like powers which for for within dominate and so forth that aren't tied to any particular clan like you know if you've got dominate you can get this power so it's not tied to a, a clan like you can only learn it if you're like a, a zemache or or a salubri so you know there's a lot in there to get a lot of good use out of right okay i think that covers v5 companion uh we really don't have time to talk about what i think we were also going to say to keep this a short and sweet episode to promote uh virtual archon which was how you could mostly do cyberpunk 2077 as a merge with world of darkness v5 to create uh something but the fact is it's mostly dead easy we'll talk about it some other time because i'm playing a lot of cyberpunk 2077 via stadia right now and it's dead fun Despite glitches on consoles, um, um, is there anything else to say? Have we forgotten anything? Um, if just uh, to everyone, you know, buy buy tickets. Go to VHC uh, through February nineteenth through the twenty first, and you know, I just want to say uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, the, this podcast has been a a favorite of mine. I listen to this all the time at work, so I appreciate the content that you put out there. And Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be 12 <laughs> years old this year. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, that's great. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave you off with a, a little uh, anecdote, because uh, I always love telling this when, when people ask me about Darker Days Radio. So the only reason you could honestly say I'm actually with Gehenna right now is because of this podcast, because this podcast was the first podcast to tell me about Gehenna Gaming. Um, at PAX Unplugged, which I listened to, I think, maybe a week or two ago before PAX Unplugged, and it caused me to go check them out and go play V5 with them, and that's how this uh, journey started. So who knows if VHC would have uh, even been around if it wasn't yeah. for DDR. Yeah. That's very cool. nice. Thank you. Um, yes, so um, as Nick said, yeah, you can go to www.virtualhorrorcon.com. You can find out about everything going on. Uh, you can sign up to be a games master even if you want to run a horror game. Uh, you can find out about the sponsors. You can find out about in, you know, kind of conduct because Virtual Horrorcon, uh, Gehenna Gaming, Dark Days Radio, and Karen Comforts have uh, strict uh, rules on code of conduct, which form the backbone of how we run demos and events. Uh, you know, you can contact directly. There is some VHC merch, so you can get hold of stickers and also uh, T-shirts that have the cool logo on by a wonderful designer who uh, I forget the name of right now that designed the excellent logo, but you can find out more about that on Virtual Horrorcon um, and find out about the list of games and panels and workshops and more but more details will be coming you know as we in the run-up uh, over the next couple of weeks uh, to the event 
Uh, obviously, if you want to find out more about Dark Days Radio, uh, you can contact us at darkerdaysradio at gmail.com. You can find us uh, at www.darker-days.org. You can find us on Instagram at Darker Days Radio and also on Twitter at Darker Days Radio. And you can find us on WordPress where we put up stuff that doesn't fit a podcast format, which is toy soldiers when we paint them but i'm not really painting much right now i've got some scenery to paint for necromunder and i just haven't done it yet because i've been busy writing but that will turn up on there soon enough um it is an angry dwarf obviously <laughs> if you want to listen to some folklore stuff uh david they can go over to the drunk storyteller the drunk oh yes this is actually something that has not actually been said on dark days radio yet i've been promoting you massively on my own thing but yeah no i've just started up my own um podcast the drunken storyteller uh go go listen to me tell drunk stories about folklore and shit from all across the world it's not just anything it's literally all all folklore across the world go listen to me on all your podcast areas you just yeah. the, uh, the fourth episode right sorry you just uh, put out your fourth episode right the, yeah, uh, I, the dragons. Episode, I talk about dragons um and shit Literally <laughs> shit. Not not being talking shit. I'm literally talking about shit. So it's dragons and shit in a literal sense. And yeah, and we'll be definitely Crystal. We'll be trying to organise finally to get around to recording episode two of Dread Cassette because uh, Sam has set up the um, the the Twitter for it. Um, so this is us yeah, talking about that. that was cool. Your horror media. So that's film, TV books uh so it's not about gaming um really uh other than my we try not to talk about gaming no no nothing about gaming um uh yeah and so that'll be out um and yeah i think that's about it other than i ran some more soulbound tonight that was the only gaming thing i did um i i ran um that's been fun i, I was running oh. soulbound as pure investigative horror um, and it's it been working so far. Yeah. Um, so we really need to run. Soulbound to... does work if you can play it. It works well as a as a horror system. We need to run it on the stream at some point. Finally, but I've got in my head a campaign now fully forming um, for it because based on what I'm doing is a trial for it. But anyway, enough of that. That's the episode. Yeah. Um, Go to virtual horrorcon. Oh, Crystal, what do you want to promote? Yes, uh, Pip System Primer, um, the last one, mm. which was. Cryptids is actually out on drive-thru RPG. You actually play cryptids. You don't fight against them. You actually are them. So, yes. It's cryptids doing cryptid things. Crystal, you need to run that on our stream. (laughs) I I will definitely run a cryptids pip game sometime, anytime, uh, whenever we want to do that. My folk horror shit. My my folk horror channel has it has a stream. Let's do it. You could play as tombs from X Files. You know, Mister Stretchy, Stretchy. Ah, oh, that'd be yeah. gross. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. Be the Mothman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There is a you. So so we didn't actually do like specific cryptids. Um, instead for the archetypes we did like generalized, um, archetypes, and then you can um specialize when you pick one so like you can actually do like an animal type of cryptid and then you can play mothman mm, excellent. We oh, need and if- so much anyway let's of course go, yeah. 
Chris, finally, finally, um, you know, uh, we put out last week on Gehenna Gaming's Twitch. Uh, we are back to running. Uh, David's back to running for us. Uh, uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, the Enemy Within campaign. We just did episode six, so please check that out. Um, it's fun, and because it's not a sponsored one, we swear a lot um, and do things <laughs> which are really not approved. Um, Seamen, Seamen are our friends. Okay. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, we'll be looking to do some stuff because uh, I think um, because the Forsaken Players Guide is out for Wrath and Glory, I think we will be wanting to return to the Gilead sector with a bit of a change-up for the away team at some point. Um, that'll be good. You want to play a crew? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but that is everything. For now, um, I think the next time you hear from Dark Days Radio at this rate will be Virtual Horicon or Dread Cassette when we get that out, um, because this is coming out very, very soon. So literally a day or so after your list, uh, after we've recorded this. So for now, uh, thank you again, Nick, for talking about Virtual Horicon 2021, and thank you, Crystal, and thank you, David, for co-hosting, and Hello. thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you at Virtual Horicon. So for now, goodbye. Goodbye. Keep it spooky. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm.